And as you all have heard probably already, the mind itself is peaceful and unlimited. Awareness itself is without any limits. But there is moods coming through and thoughts and feelings and all the different reactions which are stirred up by causes and conditions in our lives. <laughs> and the third foundation of mindfulness is concerned with the, the different qualities of the mind itself. It's not concerned with the feelings or with, with thoughts which are arising and ceasing, but it's concerned with the quality of the mind itself which gets colored by different um, qualities. And I'd like to start with reading out a short sequence from the scriptures about that, to just give you a taste how the Buddha has spoken about this. So somebody, you know, who is following the instructions of the Buddha concerning the third foundation of mindfulness would contemplate his or her mind in the following way. He or she knows a lustful mind to be lustful and a mind without lust to be without lust. He or she knows an angry mind to be angry and a mind without anger to be without anger. He or she knows a deluded mind to be deluded and a mind without delusion to be without delusion. He or she knows a contracted mind to be contracted and a distracted mind to be distracted. He or she knows a great mind to be great and a narrow mind to be narrow. He or she knows a surpassable mind to be surpassable and an unsurpassable mind to be unsurpassable. He or she knows a concentrated mind to be concentrated and an unconcentrated mind to be unconcentrated. He or she knows a liberated mind to be liberated and an unliberated mind to be unliberated. So it's a very kind of basic, very simple way to express it, this uh, part of the teachings. It's just, this is eight different categories of qualities which the mind can have and they are differentiated according to their, to their ethical uh, quality. Some of them are wholesome, the last four were wholesome, and the, and the first four are, are unwholesome. Not, it is not seen in a, in a judgmental way, that they are bad and, and, and that if you are having those states of mind that you are bad, but it's rather saying, you know, those first four, they lead to dukkha, they lead to experience of suffering if we are attaching to them, if we are not aware of them and identifying and acting out, they will bring suffering for ourselves and for people around us. And the, sec and the other four, they are the great states of mind and they will bring, you know, joy and, and happiness to ourselves and to all who come in contact with us. When we are 
for example, getting up in the morning, the first thing we could just look, you know, what, what mood of the mind is, is there, in which ma color is our mind at the moment. Or any time during the day, we can just, you know, have, have an overall quality of, of, of presence for the day. For example, if somebody says, oh, today I'm really grumpy, or today I feel very happy, for, for no reason, it's just how it is. And if you know it, what is happening in your mind at that moment, that's, that's enough. There is, it's not that we have to manipulate our minds to be in any particular way, but just knowing it. Because we can get so used to different ways of, of justifying and, and you know, not really looking at our own um, minds that we, we just we are not knowing, you know, where we are coming from. And then at, at a certain point suddenly, yeah, actually I am like this because I just basically feel, feel grumpy. And then as soon as it becomes conscious, as a shift. And it's, it's all about that, you know, just to become conscious, not to change anything, but just to become conscious of what is going on. And this is enough. The whole uh, teaching is all about that, just to become conscious. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there are sometimes things we can do, we can influence the situation, we can go and change things in order to, you know, to be satisfied. And sometimes we can't do anything about it, and then we can at least know how we feel about it, how our mind, you know, is, is reacting to the conditions. So if there's sadness or if there's gladness, it has a beginning, a middle and an end, and the mind knows that. It's just like when you know a cloud is hiding the sun. We know underneath the sun is always there and the cloud is there for some time. We don't know how long, but when it's gone, it's gone, and when it's here, it's here. That we can know that. And I think, you know, the whole teaching, it's all pointing towards that uh, willingness to, to just open up to how we are feeling at the moment, what is going on in the mind. Because if you're not aware, you know, of, of um, feelings, then they spill out and they condition the mind. And by just waking up the underlying tendencies of greed, hatred, and delusion in different, you know, combinations, they're going to arise and influence our way of, of acting and speaking and moving in the world. And then if, if there's like at least a certain amount of mindfulness, then 
if we are not able maybe to in the present moment you know to, to catch it and to be aware of it but we can sometimes we can at least look back onto times you know when we haven't been aware about our mood of the mind for example and then we have been acting out of it and then we made you know we said things or we did things we later regretted and then you know we had to go and and uh, make up for it and it was difficult and sometimes it wasn't possible to make up for it and then you know a certain amount of wisdom can arise through that and compassion too because then we think oh next time I don't want to do it the same way and then maybe again you know it's not possible but maybe you know if you don't look away from the repercussions of being swayed by the moods of the mind if you have enough uh, dedication you know to your own well-being and to your practice then in time through repetition and through experience you know we, we develop more and more um, urgency a sense of urgency and then you know really waking up and getting to know yourself becomes more important than than feeling good and then we start you know, to be really willing to look deeply and to, to acknowledge what is going on and rather to make oneself big enough so we can hold that. That energetic experience of, for example, you know, an, a grumpy mind. Because if we don't let it out you know, through the speech or through action, then we have to deal with it. We have to feel it. And that's exactly, you know, as I said yesterday, the whole world is running away from unpleasant feeling. And, you know, because we are also born in this realm, as human beings, of course, we all are wired in the same way. But if we want to wake up, we have to go against the grain. We have to go against the stream. And instead of putting it all out in the environment, we have to hold it and transform it through awareness. Awareness is this um, magic agent of transformation. Nothing else is needed, just that. To bear with the you know, experience energetically and, and just not let it drive us into this and that, but just being with it. <coughs> And taking the information which is contained in all of those energetic movements. There is an information sometimes, you know, like not wanting and pushing something away makes a lot of sense. And just taking the information but not getting carried away by it emotionally. That's the, that's the secret of it. Distilling the wisdom out of the poison and, and through kind of opening up to to that you know we are, it's, it's almost like you know we are, we are we are becoming slowly but surely through tasting just a little bit of that poison we're becoming immune because we, we, we have an idea what it what it does we are not pushing it away out of because we are afraid of it, but we're just taking a little bit of it and investigating it. And then 
we are becoming increasingly more immune. We can take more of it. And we can go deeper. We learn more. We, there's more wisdom and more compassion arises out of experiencing fully and having the courage to fully open up to what is happening. Just, you know, now when you're sitting, just looking at how, how is your mind at the moment? Is it relaxed and open or is it contracted, you know, kind of thinking about something, about the heating in your room, about the dripping of the water tap in the next room or whatever? And if it, that is the case, that this is okay. Why not? You know, it's normal. But it doesn't have to dominate your whole life. And then one does what one can to alleviate that, that issue. And if it can't be alleviated, then that it can't. just working on making the container really strong. The container is awareness and mindfulness. The mind itself, making it it's strong enough so it can abide in equanimity when all of those clouds of the different moods are moving through according to causes and conditions they are thrown up and they will be for a certain amount of time and then they'll cease again and then the next one comes. And it can be a science to just observe 
how those things are working. It's again working according to certain laws of nature and we can't change those but we can know them for what they are and through that we can rise above being thrown about by too much. Because there is always a way, but it's not necessarily my way, it's their way. And it's the same for everybody. And it's very much also not dismissing, I want to say that again, not dismissing the information which is contained in the mood of the mind because it's not coming for no reason. There's something, you know, there which, there's some information there which wants to be recognized. But at the same time not, not being completely dominated by it. That's the art of the middle way.
when you notice that your mind you know, goes into thinking about anything in particular, just bring it back to the mood of the mind. How does it feel before a thought arises? In order to justify the mood or make sense of the mood or explain it or anything. Just how, what is the intuitive quality? Before a thought jumps out. So those, those uh, foundations of mindfulness, they are connected. Body, feeling, quality of mind. So instead of turning away from the quality of the mind into thinking and proliferating about anything, just turning towards it and opening and noticing how the mind is right now. Is it contracted? Is it distracted? Is it greedy? Is it craving for something? Is it averse to something? Or is it, is it open and relaxed? Or concentrated? Is it surpassable or unsurpassable? It can be known. And in that knowing is freedom of just being with whatever mindset there is at the moment.
and knowing that it is an impersonal process according to laws of nature and it has nothing to do with you or with me. It is not me or myself, this is just a process and it can be known. If we are having enough courage to turn towards it and take it in. As we say in the chanting, there's a path which is leading inwards instead of outwards, blaming conditions, blaming this and that, rather just looking inside and seeing what it is and just letting it be that way until it changes because it does change. The more aware we are, the quicker it changes. Then we have a choice how we relate to the experiences our life is throwing up for us. And I'm sure you have all heard that as the inner, so the outer. This is like a very ancient knowledge in all traditions. So it's very clear that what happens to us in the outer world comes as a means for us to learn, to open up more deeply to life. So the outer world is a reflection of our inner world. It's the only way if we really want to deeply and sustainably change the way how we are relating to the world. We have to start inside, we start here in our own heart. I guess that's why you all came here, because you know that already, somehow, on some level. And towards the end of the year, there's a especially potent, you know, date, basically, where we can make a resolution that we want to make use of that knowledge. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.